0: Oh, There it goes. It rotated. Brother Kelly, I don't mean to turn my back on you. All right. Amen. Glad to be serving the Lord. Come on, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Come on. Amen. And I'm grateful for what the Lord has done in my life. Come on. Yes. Oh, man. I am grateful. When I was oh, I've 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 lived without knowing the Lord and I think back at times that I could have died. Oh yes. Right. There were right. times I could have died. Yep. Close calls. Yep. I could have died without knowing Jesus. And and sometimes I think Sometimes you know you start you start comparing yourself to where you were and you think, boy, I've come a long way. Yeah. And and then and then you get then you get Brother Lucas showing up. And it hits me. Wow, I've got so much to learn how to be a father. Yeah, come on. Right. Boy, oh, I tell you what, I got a long way to go. Sure. Amen. And uh, I'm grateful for what the Lord is doing, and I am excited about this. Amen. This little Bible study here tonight, um, it's going to last about a half an hour. i probably spent about four or five hours putting all these slides together, but I love doing it. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Amen. And I was blessed. I got to be with uh, a couple of different pastors yesterday and today on the other side of the mountains. And so um, it's great to be able to candidly sit and talk with them and get their perspective on uh, current events and and all of that. So I love engaging in that uh, conversation, especially with the men of God. And uh, so I was there. I've got my opinions, but I wanted to just kind of soak things in as a, as a sponge. Right? And uh, anyway, praise God. Uh, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about the first and second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope this thing don't die out on me. And, um, and we know some of those scriptures. In fact, at Christmas time, we quote them, uh, Isaiah 9 and 6 and Isaiah 7 and 14 are real popular scriptures that most of us have memorized as far as the birth of our Savior and the coming of the Lord. And what I would like to do tonight, though, is to go into the seven holy days that God gives Israel in the 23rd chapter of Leviticus and how those pertain to the first and second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. I've been wanting to do this one for a while, and uh, I'm glad I got a chance to do it here tonight. I wish my family was here, but they are not. My uh, grandson Mikey on uh, Sunday. Their uh, um, his team, football team. Qualified to make the uh Super Bowl for the Kennewick Grit kids, and so that is tonight at seven thirty at Kennewick high School and so I'm gonna head over there as uh, soon as church is over and go to that amen and then I gotta be back in Sunnyside at eight thirty and then ten o'clock in Kawiie <laughs> and then uh Yakima at noon and then I've got an appointment tomorrow, 4.30 in Kennewick. And so um, then then I'll get something to eat and take a break and turn that rental car in. So anyway, all right, let's get going. Here we go. I'm going to turn the screen up on this so I can see this a little bit better. Let's talk about the seven feasts of the Lord. Amen. Before I do, I know we've already prayed, but I'm just going to say a quick little prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord God, amen, for your your grace and your mercy that you shed upon the church, Lord God. I ask that you would just allow uh, this idea, Lord Jesus, that you would speak through me here today. Thank you for the anointing you've laid upon the ministry, Lord God. And thank you for the anointing you've laid upon your people. Let there be revelation and understanding go forth, God, that we would be moved by your word and more than just hearers but doers. Lord, we give you all the glory, and all the honor. We lift you up in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. So let's talk about these seven feasts of the Lord. I, th- I thought that was a pretty neat picture right there. That is, uh, anybody know who that is over in the corner? Moses, Moses right? Yeah, that's it, Moses. Okay, Moses, Charlton Heston, Charlton Heston Moses. <laughs> I still think I don't. Um, um, Brother O'Daniel's funeral. Well, you were here, and um, I made the comment that he reminded me of Moses. Now, we get a picture of Moses as Charlton Heston, but the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. And so I thought that his spirit, Moses, was like the spirit of Brother Daniel, And he was a very meek man, but very powerful in the word. Amen. But let's talk about these, the seven feasts of the Lord. In Leviticus, uh, the 23rd chapter... Where the Lord says that these times shall be a holy time for the children of Israel. And that they would observe these times. And when you read through this chapter, you'll find how God goes into detail on these seven feasts. Now there's more feasts today because people like tradition. And, uh, and they like adding things and so, but we'll start we're just going to cover these here Amen and so we're going to talk about this, the seven feasts of the Lord, the Passover the feast of unleavened bread uh, the feast of first fruits the feast of weeks the feast of trumpets, the feast of the day of atonement and the feast of tabernacles, now they also can be known by other names and we might throw some of those in a little later, but we're going to quickly go over these seven and how they uh, relate to the first and second coming of the Lord Jesus. So the the thing about this is, is when you take a look at the Jewish calendar, right? This is more or less the, the civil calendar, but if you look at the biblical calendar of the Jews, there was seven months. But so we can find out a lot about God's clock based on what? His calendar. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on how they break this down. But these feast point us to God's calendar of dealing with humanity. And we're going to go into that here tonight. Okay, so the seven feasts of the Lord, we've got four of them in the springtime, and then we've got three in the fall. So we're gonna we're gonna start with the spring ones. So the first one is the feast, the Passover. Right? Now, most of us know the story of the Passover. Moses and the children of Israel, uh, they're in Egypt, right? And they had been in bondage for hundreds of years. And finally, God sends them a deliverer, Moses. And uh, he goes to Pharaoh. He says, let my people go. And God hardens Pharaoh's heart and the plagues come upon Israel. And then the last plague is the death of the firstborn of all of the land of Egypt, right? That God was going to send uh, the angel and it would require the life of the firstborn. And so the Passover feast is when they took that lamb and they had to cook it and eat it, but they took the blood of that lamb and they put it upon... The doorpost on the top and on the sides. And so what happened is, is with the angel, if he saw the blood on the door of the lamb, then he passed by it. He passed over it. And that individual was safe. But if the blood was not applied, then that angel went in and the firstborn of that house was killed. Yeah. And this is the Passover feast that we know of in the New Testament of Jesus and the disciples having that uh, last supper. Here's another artist's rendition of... The, uh, of the Passover and the blood being put on there. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. Right. Okay, And so they had to have this perfect lamb without blemish that they sacrificed And that blood kept them from death, that lamb. Well, we know that Christ, Jesus, is our Passover lamb. Paul writes that in 1 Corinthians. He says that Christ is our Passover lamb. And and so it's by the blood of Jesus Christ, amen, that we are saved. Amen. Amen. So, in Moses' day, it was by the blood of that innocent lamb that they were saved. By today, humanity is only saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to go into how we apply that to our life. That's That's another lesson for another day. But Christ is our Passover. Amen. Well, I've got three of my boys here tonight, and so uh, Easton and Nate and uh, Grant. I thought they were gonna go to Mikey's game, so I don't know what's going on. I haven't talked to anybody. It is good to have Grant here from uh, Bible College. He just graduated after four years of uh, attending CLC. And I tell you what, I had my eyes opened up when I went down there. I had, I was, I was, um, I, have, I have, need to apologize to my son. I feel bad about it. But he was there for four years and I never took the time to go visit. I never took the time to go down there and see how he was doing. Um, and I think, I can't believe I did that. I was too busy and i uh, i never took the time to go down there and when i went down there i saw he lived in a little tiny terrible room no he it was terrible his room with two other two other guys that's pretty terrible i guess the girls are there you know that's a lot nicer it's just it, well it's like junior camp and senior camp right the cabins and the boys rooms are disgusting not that their theirs wasn't disgusting. But and 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 I never paid anything. You know, if you want to go to Bible college, go to Bible college. I mean, you're 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 a man, you pay for it. So um, he was down there going to Bible college full time and working full time. And and I thought, man. Eh prayer at five in the morning yeah. first class at seven go till one, one thirty and then go to work and then come home do your homework and get up the next morning I thought boy he must have really been committed to want to, to wanna live like this amen, amen. and so I got a new um Respect for, I haven't had a chance to see Grant, um, and I wanted to tell him this, and it just happened to be that he came in. So I got a new level of respect for Grant, my son, because uh, I don't know if I would have done that. I don't know if I would have done that. Anyway, so, um, and then the graduation ceremony was phenomenal. I was, the Holy Ghost came in and uh, I was sobbing and weeping. It was, it was really a great time. We got to go to Mother's Day service. Anyway, I got to get back on this. The second feast is the, is the festival, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? And the Feast of Unleavened Bread, well, first of all, what is it? Leaven versus unleavened. What is the difference? Yeast. Yeast, right? And so we got leavened on one side, unleavened on the other. Now I love that unleavened bread. I don't do 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 do. uh, People still make uh, homemade bread. I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to occasionally make homemade bread, and it would be rising in the bowl, and she, you know, nobody touch it or that kind of stuff. And then you cook it, and it smelled so good. And then you put hot butter or put butter on it after it came out. Do people still do that? <laughs> oh, I tell you what. Uh, that is that is good, good stuff. There's another example for you right there, right? Uh, so leaven is like, you know, your white bread, your bread that you would normally eat in a sandwich, and then your unleavened bread. And so it's the feast of unleavened bread. Leaven or yeast, I... The word "leaven" occurs ninety-eight times in the, in the Bible. It always is used in a bad sense, except in one occasion. Jesus does use it when he's talking about one time about the kingdom of God being like it, and it and it kind of takes everything over. And that's how the church is, right? It takes over an area. Uh, there really wasn't a, uh, a a church, if you will, a hundred years ago, and. Now, if you take a look at it, it is just taking over uh, the world. But in all the other cases, uh, leaven or yeast, Sister Beth said, symbolizes human weakness, evil, sin, or corrupt practices, right? Jesus said, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees, the teachings of the the Pharisees. And so this... Uh, This feast time of unleavened bread, right? It was a time of reflection upon uh, purity and being prepared, amen, for what was coming. And so Jesus, he is the bread of life. The Bible says in Isaiah, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, The chastisement of his peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, I don't know why I threw that one in there because I didn't want to read that, but I like this. This is my body. He says, you think your fathers uh, had manna from heaven? He says, I am the bread of life. They ate of that bread and were hungry and died. If any man eats of this bread he shall not die. Speaking of his life, amen, and of his body. So there was no leaven in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a perfect man without sin. So he is the bread of life. That's why he came uh, from um, Bethlehem, um, Ephrathah, right? Which means the house of of bread is plentiful 1st Corinthians 5 7 <clears throat> cleanse out the old leaven that you may be the, a new lump as you what is that really are unleavened for Christ our Passover lamb hath, has been sacrificed so Jesus he fulfills the first two feasts and then we move to the third feast it's the, the feast of first fruits and this feast here is they would bring in the first part of the harvest their sheaves and they would bring it into the high priest and he would wave it for an offering when you enter the land I'm going to give you and you reap its harvest, bring to a priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. He is to wave the sheaf before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after Sabbath. So this is, this is to be brought in. These are the first fruits of the harvest, right? And so here's a little picture of that and it's, more or less the same thing the standing ripe harvest barley and wheat would soon be reaped a person would go into the standing harvest and take one sheaf and bring it to the priest the lone sheaf was called the sheaf of the first fruits the priest would then take the sheaf and wave it before the Lord in his house so no one could eat of the bread or roast a grain of the corn harvest until the sheaf had been presented to the Lord and accepted for Israel Amen. And so Jesus he fulfills this first fruit because Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. And so he is the first fruit of those that will be resurrected. Okay? So, I'm trying to show you a picture of how Jesus Christ fulfills all of these feasts in Leviticus 23. And then, how about the Feast of Weeks? Now, the Feast of Weeks is the fourth feast during the springtime. And it's 50 days after the Passover it's the celebration of the end of wheat harvest and the beginning of barley harvest. Okay, Now I think there's more to it than that too. I think that it symbolizes a turning from one covenant, one testament, to a new covenant, to a new testament. Okay. It's the salvation for the Jews, the wheat, if you will, and now the harvesting of the barley. Those that were not wheat, the Gentiles, if you will. So I believe there's a lot of symbolism that is going on uh, in here. The Feast of Weeks, also known as Shabbat, or what we call today from the Greek, the Feast of Pentecost. Okay? But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Feast of Weeks. Oh, also on this day, okay, it was also commemorating the giving of the law. So Moses was given the law 50 days after the Passover on Mount Sinai. We call it the Feast of Pentecost, right? And so, this is what Pentecost, some people think, might, might have looked like if you read Acts chapter 2. Here's another picture of it. I think maybe it might have looked maybe more like this with flames, not quite as many people. Or maybe something like this. I, I don't know. I got a feeling that these people or an intense prayer. Yeah, yeah. When God poured out the Holy Ghost. Amen. On this day of feast. Now, here's the amazing thing is this is these four feasts, these four holy days, okay, it wasn't enough that God fulfilled them in the life of Jesus Christ. But Every event was fulfilled on the exact day that the feast was happening. When Jesus died on the cross, it was at the same time that they were sacrificing a lamb. Right? When they buried Jesus, it was at the same time when they were having the feast of unleavened bread. At this exact same time. When they were celebrating the feast of the first fruits, it was the day that Jesus resurrected from the dead and is the first fruit, amen, of the Christians, those born again that are going to be resurrected from the dead, amen. And then on the feast of weeks, when the Jews were celebrating the giving of the law, amen, and the celebration of the transitioning. From a harvest of one grain to another, God was opening the door of salvation to a people who were not a people. This is pretty amazing stuff when you really sit down and look at it. That's why we can learn so much from what's in the Word of God. Amen? So, what about these three, the remaining three? these haven't happened yet. Yeah, oh my. Okay. Well, we know they're going to happen. And so we're going to talk about a little bit about what they are and when they might happen. The Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. So when we take a look at this, the spring holidays, there's three months in between the spring holidays and the fall holidays. If you look at it, if you look at it on a on a big time scale, that three months represents the church age from the outpouring of the Holy Ghost till the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the church age. We are in between those feasts. Now, Paul writes in I believe it's second I believe it's in Colossians chapter two where he says that these feasts are signs, but the substance of it is in Christ Jesus, right? And so the substance of these feasts point to Jesus Christ. There's the church and the fulfilled during the second coming. So let's take a look at this. Israel is God's time clock for the second coming. It's all based on it's all based on what God gave Moses. Amen. It's already done. He has declared the end from the beginning. Now, He knows the day, the time, and the hour of when He's going to wrap this thing up. So you and I have no idea. And we're not to set days and times upon that. Only He knows. We are to be ready at every day. Right? So... The Feast of Trumpets. Let's talk just a, a little bit about this Feast of Trumpets. So this was the first day of the seventh month. You know, what's kind of interesting is if you go back to this one right here, is that these fall holidays start on the first day of the, of the seventh month. If you take a look in Genesis, the first couple of chapters of Genesis chapter one, you've got the creation in six days God creates the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day He rested. Right, and so if you go by the if you go by the time clock of Genesis, we are about six thousand years from Adam and Eve being created in the garden. We're two thousand years from the death of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ from Adam is four thousand years. So today we stand 6,000 years from the creation. Now if you take this, a day unto God is as of a thousand years unto man. So it's been 6,000 years today from Adam and Eve. And in God's time, it's six days. Now what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. And so we know that there's coming what? We know that the Lord is coming to reign upon this earth for 1,000 years and a millennial reign of peace for 1,000 years. Right. Now that is the seventh day. It's kind of interesting when I was studying this out and looking at this, on the, the biblical calendar that God gives uh, Moses here, The seventh, the beginning of the seventh is the seventh month is when these three things happen. So it really kind of lines up also with uh, the six days of creation. Okay, so the Feast of Trumpets. Rosh Hashanah, literally meaning head of the year, is the Jewish New Year. The biblical name for this holiday, Yom Teruah, literally day of shouting or blasting and is also more commonly known in English as the Feast of trumpets um, let's see I think the same thing is on that I got a, I got a question for you what do you think that this feast of trumpets represents for you and I today there you go right yes and so for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the shout with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of Of the trumpet. Amen. With the trump of God. Amen. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. So we are getting ready for this time. When the Lord is going to blow the trumpet of Zion. Now, here's the thing is this. that they, the, the Feast of Trumpets was on the first day of the seventh month. And the first day of each Jewish month, nobody knows when that is because they go by lunar days. Right. And so it can be uh, either 29 or 30 days. So nobody knew when, what day that the trumpet would be blown. Does it kind of sound familiar with you and I today? We don't know when the trumpet is going to... Sound. Mm Hallelujah. Right? We just know it's going to happen. Blow the trumpet. This is what uh, uh, Joel, the prophet, he says. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. And this is really what the church what we are to be about. We are to blow the trumpet in Richland, in the Tri-Cities, and let them know that the day of the Lord is soon at hand. It's going to be a glorious day for the church, but, but it is going to be the most horrific day for those that are not part of the church. And so, God, He's got everything. He's given, it, he's given us everything. He says, I'm giving you my word. I'm giving you the revelation of my name. I'm giving you the authority to use my name. And I'm giving you my spirit wow. now win the lost. That's good. Come on. Right? You know, but we get busy. The other day, I mean, I'm busy. I was had to return this rental, and I had to be somewhere else, and and uh, I, I got into my car. I didn't have my phone. Oh. And it was on one end, and I, when I lose my phone, I start panicking. I thought, ah, oh, I must have dropped it off at the key drop because I was gonna drop it off at the counter, but the gal was working with three other people. I didn't wanna wait in line. So I put on the other end of the airport. I run over there, my phone's not there. And I'm thinking, it's gotta be in the car. So I run in the car, it's not in the front seat, and I look, it's in the middle seat. Yeah, in the rental. Because I had grabbed a bunch of stuff and was carrying. I must have put my phone down. And I was just, I was like, thank you, Lord. And I was like, okay, why? Why did you allow this to happen, God? And I thought, okay, you must want me to witness to the lady working at the rental car return. Okay, I'm going to slow down. And I'm going to talk to her. And so I went in there and... I have my keys, and she said, would you like a receipt? And I said, sure, I would love a receipt. Normally I never get a receipt, I'm just like, no, I'm out of here, because yeah, you know. Oh, and gosh. so, um, and so I just opened up a conversation with her. Oh, yeah. How long you worked here? Did you like it? Had a good car, it was a nice rental, yeah. And just real quick little conversation. And then I had to... Because I didn't have much time, right? Because she's on the job. and So I, I uh, quickly made the jump to... I would love to invite you to our church. We have a tremendous group of people just like you. That's right. Now, quickly, I had to cover all the bases. <laughs> I said, just your age, we've got... Uh, uh, single ladies. We've got, I don't know if she had kids, we've got uh, 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 single moms with children. And I may have thought maybe she might have husbands, so I wanted to cover that base too, as I said. And we've got a lot of young couples with kids that are your age as well. And you would love to come. And so, yeah. she was grateful and thankful, and we said a few more things about it. But this is really what the church is to be about right is inviting the feast of atonement yom kippur this is the high holy day this is the one day in the old testament that the high priest would go uh, into the tabernacle and he would offer up atonement for the sins of uh, Israel. Israel would be judged that day. It was the only day that he could go into the holiest of holies in the tabernacle and then later on in Solomon's uh, temple. And so it was a day of judgment. (sighs) Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Surely the day of atonement is on the tenth day of the seventh month. It shall be a holy assembly for you and ye shall deny yourselves and ye shall present an offering made by fire to the Lord. That says Yahweh, but our Bibles say the Lord. So this is a picture of the tabernacle in the days of Moses. And so you can't really see the inside of it, so I got a few cutaways. And that is the high priest who would go behind that veil and he then would sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat, the top of the Ark of the Covenant. Here's another picture of that. You know, I, I read somewhere, and that's not in the Bible, but I've read somewhere that that veil was sown in a way that if you had a team of oxen on all four corners pulling it, it could not be rent. But when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was rent from top to bottom, signifying that God would no longer dwell in a box, but He would dwell in fleshly tabernacles. Right? Here's another cutaway of the Ark of the Covenant. The curtain. It divided God from humanity. Jesus was that curtain. Amen. There it is in sight of Solomon's temple. Leviticus 16 and 14, and he shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his fingers upon the mercy seat eastward and before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times. God has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Now, he judged Israel every year on that day. And there's coming a day that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to judge this world. Now, that has not been fulfilled yet. But it's it's quickly going to happen. For God has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. That's speaking of Jesus Christ. There is a judgment day coming. Like I said, the church—we're going to be taken out. But that—that's going to be left. It's not going to be a—it's not going to be a trip to Disneyland that they're going to be left with. Romans two six and ten, who will render to each one according to his deeds? This is speaking of the Lord, right? He will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life to those who by patience continue in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Really, that's what we're racing for. right? We don't race for a corruptible crown, a corruptible title. We're pushing for uh, a crown of incorruption that cannot be bought. Right? Only given by the Lord Jesus Christ. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. Oof. So this piece hasn't happened yet. Listen to this, Second Thessalonians: To you who are who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them. That know not God. You see, the first time he came, he came as the Savior of humanity. The second time he's going to come as the Judge. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that my wife brought me to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm very grateful. I'm thankful for people that planted little seeds. My mother-in-law, a little seed in me a long, long time ago. I'm thankful for one time going to a uh, Baptist Sunday school when I was a little kid. Mom and dad trying to get us out of the house. everybody had to close your eyes in the room and the the adult in the room said the lady she says I want you to raise your hand if you you know you're going to heaven I'm like what is she talking about I didn't know if I was going to heaven or not I didn't know anything about this I looked over at my little brother Chad he wasn't even moving his arm at all (laughs) next thing you know they told us they kept me and him there I was probably nine and Chad was probably seven. Next thing you know, they told us, when you come back next week, you're getting baptized. Next time we came, just Chad and I, I remember getting in this big hot tub with this guy and we got baptized. <laughs> and that put us a little seed. Got me thinking that maybe my dad wasn't Right. That there's more to it than just not being afraid of going to hell, right? I mean, that's how my dad was <laughs> raising me at the time. I remember asking him, I said, I'm a little worried about going to heaven. And he, we, were, we were sharing a pap's blue ribbon working on his truck. And I was probably eight, or, eight <laughs> or nine years old. And he put that beer down and he said, Son, you know what? He said, He looked right at me. And boy, I tell you, the words of a father, they can embold somebody to do tremendous things or to do wicked things. And he said this to me. He said, son, this life is like the top layer of hell. (coughs) This life's not that bad. So hell's not going to be that bad. So quit worrying about it. And do you know for the next until I became a Christian, he had a monster on his hands. I had no reverence or fear for anything. And and I'm ashamed of the things that I did. I don't even want to say them because you guys would think poorly of me. But God is able to redeem. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. And the final one is the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. And this Feast of Tabernacles, there's a couple of things here. It is a remembrance of the end of the season of harvest. Harvest is over. Hey, when the Lord comes the second time, the harvest is over. There isn't going to be a late crop of Gentiles. Right? This Left Behind movie that was done 15, 20 years ago has got a lot of people thinking, well, it's all right. I can miss the rapture and then I'll just uh, not have to take the mark. No, that ain't going to work. Because the, what's that? They'll catch the next bus. They'll catch the next bus, is what he said, right? There's only one train. But listen, here's the thing is this, the Bible's clear that God one day is going to turn away from the Gentiles and turn back to his people Israel. And he will give them another opportunity. He's going to send them two prophets. And uh, if you look at Zechariah, they're going to realize that the one that they pierced in Isaiah is the Messiah. Right. And they will come to repentance. And there's going to be 12,000 from the 12 tribes, 144,000 of them that do convert over. But the Gentile bride will be gone. Okay? That's my personal opinion. If you want to believe that you're going through uh, the, the mark of the beast and all that, you're willing to do so. And if that's what you want to believe, that's fine. But I'm, I'm I don't believe that for me personally. Alright? So, <clears throat> the Feast of Tabernacles. It was a celebration of the end of the harvest season. And it was also to remember the time when for those 40 years that they lived in the wilderness in these um, temporary shelters and that God provided all of their substance and all of their need. Really, it's a picture of when the Lord reigns upon the earth. And we live in his tabernacle, if you will, when he's the king over all the earth. And there is peace upon this earth for 1,000 years. It's the millennium when Christ will rule on this earth for 1,000 years. That's going to happen. I think we're really close to that. And here's one scripture in Isaiah. And during that time, the the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. It even says a child will have a serpent for a, like a you can hold a serpent. And so, this is this is going to come. Jesus, he is the fulfillment of these feasts and so we are so close for the feast of trumpets the Lord is going to step out in glory and he is going to blow that trumpet and it's going to be a time of celebration for those that have been in the field harvesting right? The church we are taken up Judgment is going to happen to the world. And then there is a thousand-year reign here upon this earth as Jesus Christ, the King and the Savior of all of humanity and a thousand years of peace. It's interesting, though, is this. Go ahead, Brother Kelly. No, you got a question? No. Um, After that thousand years, John says and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and first earth were passed away and there were no more tears right amen but we're going to get to somebody says well you know why don't you go travel and see europe i think i'm going to wait till the, the millennium because i don't have to worry about kidnapping or getting food poisoned you know grant was over there in israel and he almost died 10 days of or a week of being food boys and all of that. I don't have to worry about that. You know, go you see whatever I want. Don't have to worry about any of that. Don't look over my shoulder, any, any of those things. It's just nice. Amen. So, in the word of God, through these Jewish feasts, it has laid out how God has dealt with humanity Amen. How Jesus Christ fulfilled these four feasts and through the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and then we've got the three final feasts and that is going to be when the church is taken away judgment upon the earth and then the Lord dwelling with His people 4,000 years of peace. Amen. It doesn't matter what president we have or politician, they can never offer what the Lord is going to have for his people. Amen. Praise God. So with that, we'll stand. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask a... Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask Colton if he would dismiss us in prayer. Spoken us through, through your speaker, ask that you bless us all with this. Let it settle deep in our heart, Lord God. See, bless us on the way out of here in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Appreciate each and every one of you. God bless.